0: Nelio Cuomo Costa. Uh, I am the uh, CEO and founder of Helios Granite, and uh, I am the owner of Coastal Championship Wrestling.
1: This,
2: this is diversified game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race. It's about you know ideas. So let the game begin. And today on Diversified Game, I have Melio, who he is the Vince McMahon to me right now in Florida. He <laughs> has a wrestling, it's a company, it's a training facility. He's on the road right yes. now. So he's doing things that we all dreamed of when we were like Jimmy Fly Smith ready to go off the rope. Yes. <laughs> welcome to the show brother I'm gonna have thank you so much I love
0: I love to hear it I'm the Vince McMahon of Florida I love I can't even believe that I've never been called that I don't like it when people sneeze in front of me uh I'm completely insane so it makes sense you know I'm I'm gonna be but when I'm 70 what is Vince like 73 years old I'm gonna be crazier than him so I appreciate that
2: (laughs) and in good health like he is and still be able to you know I mean that's that's what i aspire to be like what are you eating
1: what are you doing that's what i want
2: to know, I love I
0: it. want to know- well, it's it's so funny you say that cuz like yeah he was in the health, cover of health and fitness when he was 70 years old uh, uh, and he works out all night and that type of stuff so yeah that's a huge uh, a huge reason why i'm sure you know he never stopped working he's a billionaire so yeah good good on him i when i'm 70 i want to be on the i want to be alive let alone on the cover of health and fitness you know <laughs>
2: Well, well, I, I got to have you tell us, you know, you created Coastal Championship Wrestling. Well, no, also, sorry,
0: that, that was the thing. So uh, um, CCW was started 18 years ago, okay? Okay. So, so uh, uh, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, uh, uh, started uh, there to train as a wrestler and to work as a wrestler. And it was a small independent company. And then uh, uh, four years ago uh, now, uh, it was basically – very small training facility and they would run a show every um, three, four months, you know, as a normal thing. And now we run a show every weekend. We have a huge training facility uh, and, and we changed to become what we call the last territory. You know what I mean? So, Mm. so it wasn't from, wasn't from scratch uh, uh, because there's a lot of intellectual property. There's a lot of history uh, uh, with CCW. And I felt that it was um, it was very stagnant. And I felt like it could become great again. And we've uh, we've made CCW great again uh, uh, over the last couple of years. But I did found uh, in 2014, my granite company, we're talking about diversified game here, uh, Helios Granite. So uh, we have multiple locations throughout the East Coast. I founded that from scratch. It's basically my name with an H in front of it. So it's one of those uh, uh, one of those things that was like my baby. But uh, it 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 helps because it create uh, it helps to push my my true passion and uh, my you know my, which is professional wrestling, which has become a crazy business. Like uh, we were, like I said, we're running shows every weekend. We run shows sometimes two shows on a weekend, all that type of stuff. So uh, it's it's just one of those crazy things that have, has changed um, you know the way that things are going. Well,
2: I'm sure people said you. I mean, you're crazy to get into wrestling. What percent? Um, you know, I mean, I don't, if you had any support, shout them out, but I, now that you've got it all together and you know, the best is yet to come. What, like, what has the journey been like to start with? Because I'm sure it was expensive, tiresome. Give us the game. Well,
0: it's a lot of sweat equity. You know, people don't understand that when it comes to like, uh, uh, you know, we, we own uh, six wrestling rings that we use in terms of uh, um, rentals and training and shows. So that's expensive. We have uh, uh, box trucks, a lot of uh, stuff that we've amassed now. Uh, but the, the the that's easy. I mean, you can go and find, you can go and cut a check and, and, and find that type of stuff. The hard part is really like the amount of organization and the amount of effort, uh, uh, you know, dealing with the right talents, getting the right talents in the right place. Uh, uh hiring new talent of uh, getting someone like our our uh uh he's really I call him the president of wrestling operations for us now uh which is uh, uh David Heath Gangrel uh uh the vampire brother from from you know legendary WWF wrestler future hall of famer should be a hall of famer already now but you know bringing him and finding that talent to make sure that the training facility is the best that it possibly can be and allow for my focus and for for some of my, uh, um, you know, the people around me, our focus is to, to turn to run great shows, media, uh, uh, marketing, and that type of stuff.
2: Now, do you start off with venture funding, angels, or did you just really have to, you know, no, save
0: it, you know what? It's for for for, for Helios. Um, founding Helios was a completely different uh, animal because it comes down to um, you know when I founded Helios, uh, it's a multi-million dollar construction company. It took um, there was no angels, but it took me um, getting out to different uh, uh, suppliers of uh, granite materials and sinks. Uh, I had a, a friend of mine who had a warehouse that he was able to front some time for me to start the business. And I couldn't just go out and plunk uh, uh, $30,000 for a warehouse. I couldn't go out and, and put two, three, $4 million worth of material out uh, for, for a granite. But there was a time where, unfortunately, now this has changed. So if you're listening at home, it's you really can't do this now. There was a time in where like the construction supply company, you could rely on the credit of a lot of your suppliers to get you off the ground. Can't do that anymore. Like the world has changed in a few, in a few ways over the last seven years uh, in ter- in terms of that. So once I was able to um, uh, secure a space uh, and basically work with other suppliers and get myself off the ground, what happens is it steamrolls itself. So you started with uh, three people. So I would be unloading the containers, unloading the material uh, and, and selling the uh, stone. And then what would happen was at night at five, six o'clock, I'd sit down and I would do the invoices and I'd reconcile the bank. It was incredibly tiresome, you know. Um, but then what started to happen is I was more and more busy and I had suddenly a lot of money at the end of the month. And then what happened is then you start to uh, uh, hire people and then that money disappeared. Like my life became easier, but all that money that I I had. So I was like, it was a really, it's a really tough decision that uh, 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 business owners and founders need to decide to make in terms of um, uh, your time versus your money. So, you know, you, you will, you will sometimes and and, and I didn't understand. I didn't know what Fiverr was back then. Like, there's a lot of things now that I'm I utilize completely differently. I didn't know what Fiverr was back then. I didn't realize that I could have people remotely uh, uh, reconcile my bookkeeping on a daily basis. So I had to hire somebody. So then you hire somebody. Then then uh, I started to have someone who was I was literally four people. But one person was spending an inordinate amount of time doing payroll and and uh, doing payroll taxes and stuff. So you have this bureaucracy that's set up around you. So it's like. You start to hire people to do the things about hiring people. And it's, you know, so then I realized I can outsource my employees. So you get an employee leasing company. They're your employees, uh, but the workman's comp, the taxes are taken care of on an outside company. So things like that, like, took a lot of effort and a lot of time and a lot of mistakes and a lot of nights where uh, you start to wonder, is it worth it all? You know what I mean? Like so, what starts to happen is, and what starts to happen, and I'm gonna I'm gonna relate this to professional wrestling in a second because I'm gonna have a have a second. You know, there's a there's a difference to this. So, um, you start <clears throat> to hire people, and then you start to have those people cost money, and then you have them uh, doing work to take care of themselves. So then, what starts to happen is like you you suddenly don't have money. Like when you think. Oh wow i'm selling a lot of stone but you pay the supplier you pay your rents. because then you know i was i was uh, able to get into the building very cheap at first um but then of course i've got to pay the guy <laughs> rent you know so then i'm paying rents. um marketing was different because it's very word of mouth you know i sell business to business primarily or at the time i sold almost exclusively business to business so i would just call different builders and fabricators i would take them out to dinner i would do that type of stuff I would build a personal relationship. Um, I would just show up and offer what I have. And funny enough, at the time, it was so easy. Like looking back now, it's so easy. Brother. Uh, uh, it was so easy, Kellen. But like uh, uh, you build yourself up and then all of a sudden you don't have as much money. or You, you have a little more time. And then you just uh, try to replicate the model. So then when people started to see that success, uh, they were willing to... Um, You know, if they know that they can make money on you, they're willing to put money out to do so. So that's what that's what happened in uh, 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 growing uh, up into five locations across the East Coast uh, over the last seven years. Um, And then the pandemic, you know, but with professional wrestling, uh, it was it's always been a passion. Right. So um, I want to be in shape. So it was training, training to be a wrestler in a warehouse, uh, basically just a bay with no bathroom in the warehouse. Uh, with a group of about seven guys and it was a passion it was to go wrestle on weekends and drive three hours and make you know $40 and spend $100 on gas like it's literally like if you're at home and you want to be a professional wrestler like uh, uh, my first thing would be like definitely train at the CCW training facility we have two uh, full locations now my second thing would be don't train to be a wrestler unless you really love it because it's so difficult. You know, you will lose money for a long time. And it's, it's really passionate, you know, like guys will drive two hours to wrestle for $40 for $50. I hate to t- say it, you know? So that was really what it was about, but it was also about staying in shape and meeting people and, and doing that. Um, and then it kind of dawned on me that, uh, um, you know, we were a group of guys who were willing to put our sweat and our time and our passion for nothing. And I said, you know what, why don't we kind of, um, why don't we kind of put the gas on a little bit and see if we can make it something. You know what I mean? Let's make it something that is functional. So what happened is um, with CCW is there's a lot of people. There was a lot of, of uh, uh, people who still do, like we have 40 something functional students and they will bust their asses. They will promote, they will help to sell and stuff all in, in the name of love of professional wrestling. So it was a, it's a very rare business in where like, you know, like if I called someone and said like, Hey man, we're going to, we're going to move 200 slabs of granite. And uh, um, you know, it's going to take us six hours and uh, I'm going to pay you nothing. They would say like, you're an insane person. But if I said, Hey man, we're going to go and we're going to set up a ring and we're going to put on a show together and you know, you know, we'll make like 50 bucks each. Everyone's like, Oh, this is the greatest thing in the world.
2: (laughs) So it's one of those things, you know? Yeah, but you're you're doing that really for the love because people get hurt in wrestling. And you know, can you talk about you know you talk about the training facilities? How long would you recommend a someone who wants to get into wrestling to do it? Because if I would have saw you when I, you know when Chanel saw you with her boys, I think I would have tried to jump in the ring and say, Hey Hell yeah, come on,
0: well, come on in, man. We have a we have a training facility in uh uh Port St. Lucen, Port St. and Kellen, you just, you gotta go, just go and, and, and try it out, uh, bump, feel what it is. So uh, yes, everybody loves professional wrestling. When, when it talks about like how long does it take to become a professional wrestler, here's here's what it is. Uh, I know guys who come in and they were just ready in four months. And then I know guys who it took a year to really be ready and to be, you know. So like uh, uh, when I was uh, three years old, I think it was three, I saw uh, the uh, Undertaker uh, versus Hulk Hogan night Tuesday, uh, this Tuesday in Texas, where uh, uh, Undertaker uh, gets, pile, gets the uh, tombstone of Hogan and Ric Flair puts the chair there. And I was like so confused, you know, like baffled. And then uh, uh, Royal Rumble 92 was the first like like time. Like I was like, whoa, like what is happening here? And I hated Ric Flair. But at that moment, I, when people ask me, when did I become a professional wrestler? I'm like, probably in January of 1992. Because in that moment, I was punching people, clotheslining people, simplexing people, like from the age of three until, you know, until I was old enough to realize what backyard wrestling was. And then I was, you know, smashing people through, you know, uh, fences and stuff like that. So when it came down to when it was, you know, 20, 21 or 22, I had an uh, uh, injury and football was a... Uh, 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 I was supposed to play college football. I tore my patella tendon. Came back from that injury, and it was like, you know, the football was no longer an option for me. Like I, I got hurt at the absolute wrong time, you know, like to rehab my injuries and stuff. Then it was like, wait a minute, of course, like I was playing football and and wrestling in high school and weightlifting, really all to just uh, uh, eventually become a professional wrestler. So that's the person, like, where it's like you are a wrestler. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah. some of those people will come in and they've been watching their whole lives, and maybe it's going to take four months because it clicks. But sometimes there's a lot of people coming in who are athletes, ex college football players, just you know, and they don't even watch wrestling, and, and they're giving you a shot. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna use Gangrel, uh, uh, his his what he says is there are some schools that are like five months, uh, and they just they tell you to get the hell out. They're like, hey, give me all your money, wrestle, <laughs> we're gonna train you for five months. And then i'll never see you again but what Gangrell always says is he's like, give him an extra six months and he'll save you six years because those extra six months he will put the uh experience and he will put the base of knowledge in you that will save you six years of going on the road and screwing up and and, and that type of stuff what what works perfectly too is when you come to ccw when you come to coastal championship wrestling when you're ready, you can wrestle every weekend in front of real crowds, and uh, that doesn't happen anywhere else. I mean, I think we think we ran more shows than anyone except maybe all elite wrestling and WWE. And if you consider that, that we ran shows out of uh, uh, you know out and about during the pandemic because uh, we're in Florida, thank God we're in Florida. Uh, 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 we definitely we, we can make the we can make the um, we can make the statement that we ran more shows outside. Of our facility than anybody in the world you know during the last two year so you know it's one of those things where you can come and you can learn and you can train and it went from the, the, to kind of go full circle it went from like seven eight nine guys who have been doing this and who are just there to like uh, students coming in a real business model real shows wonderful shows we have a weekly uh show on youtube called live wrestling so every week you can watch the storylines so people come to our shows and someone like cha cha charlie or jackal or agony or alex ocean like they know the story they know what their history is they know the storylines and it's like a little mini wwe or a little mini All Elite wrestling because when you when you know work in the indies you go to an independent show and you don't know who the hell this guy is and he has to you he, as a wrestler you have to introduce who you are right there what you've done Then you have to wrestle your match, and you have to elicit that emotion, right? You have one opportunity. Um, And if you have those fans who come to every show, you have a few. Well, our fans have the opportunity to watch 50 matches from some of our guys and know where they're coming from. So it just helps. So it's been amazing. That part's been amazing.
2: I think it's, I mean, it's all amazing because here you have your successful business and then you have another side business where you really get to have fun. Not to say you don't have fun in the granite. No,
0: no, no, right? exactly. No, you're exactly right. No, we need to have, we have to have fun, but also like, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, uh, I, I also, I like to think a lot of times, like, like what do we leave when we die? You know, like, uh, uh I have a two year old daughter, uh, who I love so much. She's like the light of my life. I have, uh, uh, I have like, I have my girl, like who I love her so much, you know, And I think the you know the granite, or you build a house. But uh, my grandkids will be able to watch uh, hundreds and hundreds of matches online of their grandfather, and they can show like you know we we had a couple had a couple crazy matches like I wrestled Vince Steele, a 480 pound Vince Steele in a huge match uh, in front of like 600 and something people at this brewery and everybody's screaming, you know, clips of people on their feet. And like, I, I, I really like, it's cool. It's really cool when it happens. Like, like uh, uh, when, uh, it was just a perfect moment. Like when me and Vince, like, like squared off, I'll send you the clip. But like when we actually turned to each other and like, I, I had to keep telling myself because my heart was beating so fast, like slow down, slow down. And I swear it felt like I was floating. And I turn to my left and the, the fans start to grab the guardrails and slam them and start to like bring the guardrails closer. And like you have this one moment where you're just like, "Who? Oh, like that was it. I don't need to like, I don't need to go to the WWE. I don't need to go to AEW. That was the moment that like every wrestler lives for. And my grandchildren will be able to see that. And their great great grandchildren and until the end of the world. So it's one of those things like. If that means a lot to me you know like the, the 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 fact that like this will live on you know what i mean like if, if if our if we go and we our construction company doesn't work if you know my real estate like obviously i i have real estate holdings that are hyper focused for my daughter to have whatever but it's a home you know but CCw uh uh my professional wrestling career and the you know what i've built as a professional wrestler and, and that company i think will exist forever you know unless something happens to the internet
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 well something is gonna happen to it and everybody talks about it like they are saying something when they say blockchain which is just the internet 2.0 yeah exactly yeah exactly
0: we'll get we'll get ccw into the blockchain brother don't worry
2: <laughs> yeah let let me ask you you know because i'm a new sports agent because the laws have changed with the college athletes being able Great. to make money off their you know name image and likeness Great. Have you guys looked into maybe going to the colleges and saying, hey, you guys want to wrestle and here, here it is, you know. Yes. Here's an opportunity. Well, that's,
0: a, that's a great, that's a great, great question. So um, uh, WWE NXT has gotten some recent releases. Um, and these are guys who were um, trained two years, three years at WWE by, you know, Robbie Brookside and all, all of the like most, um, some of the best trainers in the world. These guys are supreme athletes. Uh, 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 wrestlers, amateur wrestler, wrestling champions. You know, we had um, uh, Cam Jackson, uh, Denzel DeJornette, uh in, in college, who was a supreme athlete. Went to WWE. Uh, whatever the reason is, didn't work out. And he he uh, 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 searched us out because he saw what we were doing. He was just like, "This is wild!" Like he's like, "I can wrestle in Florida every weekend in front of people." He's like, "This is you know he, he what he what he always wanted to do. He never got to the level where he was on TV every week. So he's like, this, "I can just go and do this." What I realized too, just having that out there, we had a, a gentleman who was a defensive end from the Miami Hurricanes, who was uh, drafted, I believe, and then they, he was cut in training camp from some team. And he called me. And he says, "What do I have to do?" And I said, "Just show up, and you know, Monday through Thursday, show up, and we will train you, and we will do something with you." So, Kellen, it's crazy because we've become a destination, but I, I, I never went and sought those people out. That's something that is absolutely the case because uh, uh, 8 out of the 10 guys who come into the school to learn wrestling is because they love professional wrestling but the truth of the matter is if you look at a defensive end who plays at University of Miami and you look at a guy who loves wrestling like look I'm, I'm 330 pounds I'm uh, 6 foot 1 uh, uh, I played football and something like that but then I'll see a guy like 6 foot 4, 300 pounds that's a different level bro that's a completely different level than me so it's one of those things like, yeah, like I, I I'm wide open to it and I love it when um, when they love wrestling, too, because it's cool when someone comes in and they get to learn from really scratch. But when they have like when they when you can tell someone loves Steve Austin and The Rock and Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair, it's just so much more fun. Like uh, uh, the journey is just as much fun as a destination. And if you're someone like me, like. I wouldn't. I didn't want to ever miss practice because it, practice was fun. I get to body slam people. I get to suplex people. Choke slam. Take a choke slam. I, was, I would do this for fun in my house if I could. If it was if society allowed, I would go to the supermarket and I would suplex people and stuff like that. Like not because I'm mad, but because this is like cool shit, you know. So it's one of those things. So if someone loves wrestling and they're an athlete, I would love it,
2: Kellen. You start bringing them in,
0: you'll be my funnel.
2: I, I got you i'm gonna be talking about you because I, I was so old school i remember when usa network put you know wrestling on um on that level and i'm such a wWf uh yes. fan I, my one of my goals was to you know write i wanted to write the scripts so i'm five nine i'm five nine five ten uh 200 pounds my little big brother is six five, I uh, oh, yeah. oh, stopped yeah. wrestling at a young age because I'm like, it's not fair. So I said, let me just write the script, right? I love I it. Wanted to, I wanted to write the script. Um, I love it. But do you think, like comedy, is wrestling going to go through this whole, like, cancel culture where if I come out as a black ravishing Rick Kellen and start doing this, they're going to start, you know, canceling, you know, wrestling? No. look, well, it's funny.
0: It's funny. Okay, so... Wrestling, wrestling did have its little Me Too mo- moment, uh, the Speedy On moment, but for like 99% of it was relegated to things that were happening backstage. Uh, when I started in the business, it was a lot tougher. It was a lot different. And it wasn't even that long ago, but it was a lot different in terms of um, the way people were treated, the way you can treat people, the way that you can treat, you know, um, and it definitely it's changed in the much, much better. Like, there were definitely times when I would, you know, go to a show and I would feel like absolute dog crap because of the way I was treated, you know? So, it's normal, you know? And and imagine, you know, you put a a beautiful woman in that situation. But that being said, what I love about wrestling is you still can't go that crazy, but you can still get a little bit out there. Like, you can – like, ravishing Kellen Coleman is fine, you know what I mean? Like, you can't – like, I know WWE, uh, they had a guy who was, like, a social justice warrior. Uh, on NXT 2.0 And then everyone got so mad That they did that So they stopped him But I was like That's a I was working I was trying to find someone Like that and On my show Like I was like Oh we need to have like A social justice warrior Who like Wants to cancel everybody And he'll be the heel And the audience will really love it And so that That's okay Like you know like uh, 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 I've had people call me like Upset about something that a wrestler said but like if he said it through the context of like he's a heel man like mjf was telling eight-year-olds like you know that he, they can kiss his ass and so like that and so telling you know it's it's okay i think that's a good thing now when it comes down to like <laughs> you know you, you shouldn't be like that crazy you know but but uh um uh no you won't get canceled if you if you, you get some real heat you know You just don't. uh, There's some lines in terms of like racism and sexism you shouldn't cross as a heel even anymore. But I think that's uh, uh, everything else is up for grabs. You know, Undertaker was dead. He was going to kill Vince McMahon's daughter. I mean, that's pretty pretty brutal. Remember, he was going to like drink her blood or marry her or something like that. I think you could do that story.
2: Well, I'm glad that you think that because I sometimes I tell people I, I say I don't think even the Mountie and the Big Boss Man could fight right now. No, I think mean, have- mean, they can. They can. They can. They can. And you, yeah. because I
0: was literally thinking like, we gotta, have, we gotta have a heel cop. We just have to have a heel cop. They're the heels right now. So They're the heels. So let's let's do the 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 heel cop. And then you can have uh, uh, real cops who are upset at that, and like you know, like like shoot cops or shoot cops. Shoot, shoot, you know, like real cops, as in like you know, shoot and 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 work. You know, like you have actual people who work as police officers. They can they should boo that guy right I mean they shouldn't be cheering, cheering that guy so like you can have to find uh, good guys and bad guys you know uh, you, you watch like Dateline uh, NBC and and you watch the news and there's plenty of real life heels um, you know like like even the WWE still does the like oh that guy's from um, that guy's from Russia you know <laughs> or one of the Bulgarian brute and we hate that guy and something like that it, it it's okay you know. Uh, 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 I'm surprised there's no uh, Chinese uh, uh, heels who like bring a virus or something. <laughs> Can
2: you imagine? But, like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't imagine that we're getting to a point where it's not even that what you can't say. It's that they want us to say it. And I'm saying as men and men who, you know, like women, uh, sure. we have to say it like you want to say it. So I just watched something with my wife called the Goop Lab with Gwyneth Paltrow. This, in this whole series, had women coming in, touching or not touching, getting touched by a sexologist and all these other fancy names that I can't spell. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're doing things that if you were to do that in wrestling, they'd say, that is too much. But right. It's a net- when it's cultural, put it in science a science that right, no Dr. right. Or anybody can you know confirm right and it's like what am i i know what i'm watching you know soft porn I know right what right I'm <laughs> so i'm just like they want to control how we do it and that's the part where i'm like okay it's, i got i might have to get out of here because i need to be me and i need yeah to no that's
0: actually that's actually true i think I think you're right. Like, they do, like, they, they as in, like, the world, you know. But, like, there is a weird thing where as long as you frame things a certain way, you can kind of get away with anything. But, like, you have to really do it within the confines of how society wants you to say it or do it. Like, you know, like, I love, uh, uh, I love wrestling fans. I love, like, society uh, in a whole. Like, I love, like, the the, the most uh, fun thing to do is to wrestle in front of kids you know but there's a time and a place to do like crazy stuff like we have certain audiences that are 21 and over and they get very drunk and they expect us to get wild and bloody and that type of stuff and there is a time and a place for that you know and maybe you, that's the time to do that and then there's a time to do like s- like when there's a bunch of kids out there do a real simple heel simple baby face everybody's happy and you, you move forward it's just a, it's like setting and time and stuff but you know is 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 if you watch ECW, are the storylines going to be one hundred percent perfect every time? No. You watch the WWF they sometimes they'll start five storylines and then stop them because they're like, oh, this is terrible, you know. But like, uh, 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 is it going to be perfect? No. But you just have to kind of like, you know, like uh, uh, move along and 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 kind of like make sure that you don't do anything too too crazy, you know. And let the, and let the wrestlers speak for themselves. You know, we have a, a Chilean movie star named uh, Ariel Levy. And uh, he's a legit movie star. Like he's like a Tom Cruise of Chile. Very, very well known in that part of the, the country. So sometimes we'll, we'll, you know, I'll let him be him. You know what I mean? I'll let him come out and cut a promo and do his stuff. And if he's going to say, I mean, if he's going to say something really insane or like something that's going to get the company in trouble, I'm going to be like, hey, bro, like. Don't do that. It's stupid. But I would also want him to flex his creative wings a little bit. And some of the guys and there has, has there been a guy has there been a time when someone gives me an idea and then I'll, I'll literally be watching it happening. I'm like, what are we doing? This is horrible. Yes. Uh, you know, it'll happen. But, you know, mistakes are made. Like if you, you, know, like you said, like you want to make a movie or write a book. You know, there are things that I did art wise years ago that I look back and say, like, oh, that was really dumb or that was really stupid. But uh, you just gotta keep rolling with it and hoping hoping that uh uh society can continue to change like it will and you know, that it's fun to watch.
2: Okay. And you know, in this Me Too movement, you were talking about and we we're talking about wrestlers, it was a lot of the women who got caught up with, you know, some people got fired for creating an OnlyFans account. Oh, and that's right. You, you know and it's like these are the women and i don't know if there was anything with their contract that they had with the company or uh, they just didn't want but it's like and there may be a point where you have to go to only fans or a platform like that to do and say what you want because now we're not offending anyone you've signed up you know youtube because you know youtube is YouTube. YouTube, youtube yeah
0: youtube can cut you off yeah i mean any major platform like and you're exactly right i always laugh because uh uh uh, female wrestlers in particular, they have so many outlets for like merchandise, OnlyFans, and that type of stuff. And even like risque, like you don't know, have to be like fully nude and that type of stuff. And a uh, uh, company like, was I think it was WWE, just cut all third party. They didn't want to even deal with it. They just okay, you can't have a Twitch. You can't have an OnlyFans. Like they didn't want to get in a situation where they even cut. Uh, uh, and I think one of the reasons why a couple of the bigger stars got fired were they cut some of their like uh, uh, sponsorships. Like there was a weightlifting sponsorship. That I know that one of their guys was was like making good money, and then WWE cut him, and he got upset, and they ended up firing him. Um, So it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, it's good actually for a company like me because I let. I mean, there's no nothing for us to stop. You know, if if a wrestler wants to do an OnlyFans or if they want to get sponsored by a a supplement company or you know, we we are working currently with Redcon One. And uh, Boca Raton, they're a huge supplement company. They're freaking awesome. Uh, they they have a lot of uh, stuff for the guys. And then some of our wrestlers are uh, called like tier operators uh, for them. So it's good. I mean, it's for me, it's good because it it promotes CCW. Uh, we're cool with the Red people. That helps uh, uh, Red and it gets our name out there. But I think WWE or bigger companies want to control that. And when it comes to OnlyFans, it's it's really the same uh, uh, premise. You know, if a girl has a huge following because. Uh, or a guy, uh, uh, Ariel Levy, my, my tag team partner, has an OnlyFans. Uh, uh, and I'm like, dude, if you could just show a little bit more, like he only shows like pubic hair. I'm like, just go a little lower. You make like 10 times more money, dude. But like a uh, 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 guy or girl, and, and they're bringing that audience. I mean, I don't think it's, it's a problem. Now, like if, if, for instance, they're known primarily for that audience. I think, I think Triple H was talking about how like China, if you Google China, he was worried like what his daughter would see or something like that. I can see like, it's like, oh, that's a... You know, for the kids, but uh for the most part, no, I mean it is what it is. You know, and, and there was a girl uh 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 CCW, she was a giant and uh uh she was uh had a, I uh, I guess a contract for WWE and it come, came out that I guess there was some softcore stuff that she had done in the past. They passed on her, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's it it can affect your future, but that's also it, their future is theirs. They can do whatever they want with it, you know. What I mean?
2: wow that's 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 interesting um that you know they passed because of that um with you know people play hey i want freedom but until you do this and then you don't you know you don't have it it's
0: it's it's true it's double-edged man yeah
2: yeah let me ask you know you you have a successful company you got a successful um i don't even want to call it your side passion it's your passion yeah ccw
0: is a company man we're
2: no, no, it's the companies, but it's the fact that you're doing Marvel, and most people right. never even get to touch Marvel in their real life. Right, and, right. You know, they're, they're like, oh, it's Marvel; it's so expensive. And I, I wish you'd write a book on that—how you, you know, got into that from yeah. school. That you did go to school, folks. You know, it wasn't just coming out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, no, of
0: course, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I went to school to be an attorney, though. I always thought I was going to be a lawyer or I was going to be like a dirty politician, you know. (laughs) Uh, uh, And then I got. Then when you start doing it, like uh, uh, I started uh, interning at a uh, at an office, uh, a um, lobbyist office in Springfield, Illinois. I'm like, this is the worst thing to ever exist, like this is horrible, you know? Like politicians, they're just begging for money and begging people for stuff, it's a very strange thing. So, uh, and they're all dirty, they're all the worst, every politician is the worst. Uh, So it was just, you know, but I did have some sort of base to go on and then I learned that, uh, I mean, it was always in the sales and stuff, I learned how to uh I learn how to sell stuff and then you try then once you start good at sales, you start looking for uh big ticket items to sell because then you can sell one thing. Like why like realtors who sell ten million dollar houses can sell one and then go to Mexico <laughs>
2: for a while. You know what I mean? Why granite though? So, what 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 was so you know, big I had um, I
0: had I had some uh experience in a young age. I'm 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 Brazilian, so uh uh granite was uh opening in Brazil, in the '90s, all granite used to come from Brazil to Italy, uh, and then uh, you, it would be Italian companies would block the the granite. They would they would turn it into a block. They put it on a container, send it to Italy. Then Italy would process the uh, slabs. I know this is incredibly uh, boring, but they would process the slabs, and then they would send it all over the world, and it was in incredibly expensive and then uh, I was a Brazilian and what happened was it was a bit of like a gold rush because Brazil realized that they could buy the uh, uh, processing uh, saws in uh, Brazil not in Brazil they'd have to import the saws so you could put the factory next to the mountain and then you would cut the supply chain so you would put the factory you would take the block process the block and put it you know to the to the port Uh, and then from that port you can have processed granite directly from uh, Brazil in the port of uh, Vitória. There was two cities: Cachoeiro uh, de Itapimirim and uh, a northern, uh, a northern city uh, Baja de San Francisco. So what happened is it became a sudden gold rush where granite went from being incredibly expensive to um, incredibly um, af- affordable at the at the uh, at that level and still expensive at the homeowner level. So that's when businesses, that's when you can make a business. You know when you can. When you can procure something at a cost and still sell it at a high cost, you know, all of a sudden that's when real sales happen. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, over the last, you know, in my time in the business, like uh, the profits just shrunk like a maniac. You know what I mean? It's not like uh, what it used to be, but it's still good. (laughs) It's still fun.
2: Let me ask, since that was done in Brazil, and this is, I mean, it's a very biased question, but I want to know. Did the Brazilians get to benefit off that, or was it foreigners from France or China? Uh, did you know who got to benefit off you know all of that? <laughs>
0: it was not. It was not. The, it was not China. It was in China, but China created their own granite market. So, uh, it what what happened was the Italians were so closed. So, like, it was uh, uh billionaires in Italy still. People who are still in the business: Antolini's, uh, Marcolini in northeastern um Italy. I'm still. I'm, I've had meetings, I've had uh, dinner with those guys. So they were the ones that were so closed off uh, from, from anywhere else um, because Italy, Italian marble and Greek marble, due to the Roman Empire, they had the earliest inv- advancements of it. So they had like, they knew what to do. So when they realized there was, there's a fault, uh, a, a, a land fault line in in, in Brazil that, that cut Uh, the Northeast down to the Southwest. Uh, so one day, uh, Brazil might just cut in half, <laughs> California and everything, but uh, uh, the actual fault line coming together uh, created something to the effect of like three three to 400 different styles and colors of, of, of granite and marble. Where in Italy, it was like, okay, would you like this gray or do you like this off gray? <laughs> so all of a sudden you have blue, you have green, you have, this is, uh, this is called sodalite, you see those blues, you see something You have uh, semi precious stones, you have all types of materials, and it's all in this like close proximity of, you know, close as in like one country. So, what started to happen was the Italians were like, oh, we can't let those guys <laughs> make that. You know, we'll just go take the whole market, you know? So, uh, uh, Brazil is, is a very difficult country to do business in. And what happened was uh, they were e- the, the Brazilian politicians were easily paid off to make sure that it was incredibly, um, it was incredibly uh, difficult to make the material uh, and to process the material. When that happened, it did become all Brazilians. I've had lunch and dinner with uh, multi-multi-millionaires uh, who uh, just so happened. Uh, a great story is a Black Saint Gabriel. It's not a very popular color now. But it, the guy was uh, basically like a truck truck driver, uh, a CDL guy, never went to school. And his uh, uh, father or grandfather fought for the Brazilian army in their small regiment in World War II. And the, the Brazilian government couldn't pay the guys uh, who fought in the army. So they gave them land, but they gave them land that was useless. You know like brazil's a huge country and no one wanted to land like you couldn't do anything with it and then that tend, that happened to have a very nice beautiful black granite in. and then now he has um, a huge mansion with his indoor outdoor pool and he's the nicest guy in the world and i'll always remember it was in his pool and we're eating and we're laughing and he's like oh i was the coolest thing and he came and he gave a he had a big bottle with a snake this poisonous snake and there was a stick through the snake's head and he goes, look, I saw this poisonous snake and snake out and I killed it myself or whatever. And we all just were looking at it on the table and I was like, what is going on right now? So it turned out like those are the guys who benefited, you know, like, uh, uh, and that's good. I think it's great, you know, uh, and because those guys are great to do business with. And um, uh, in comparison, when you walk into a big company and they're like, who are you? And we don't care who you are. These are guys who are like, oh, you're Brazilian? I'm Brazilian. Come, like, sit down, you know, be my daughter my wife you know so it's one yeah. of those type of like it was a, it's, a, it's really cool in a good way that's all changed unfortunately or is changing uh unfortunately um fortunately or unfortunately but but it was i mean i should write a book about the granite business it, it is incredibly there's some incredibly interesting things that have happened you know good and bad like in the granite business and uh you meet people like that you know so what brazilians brazilians got the jump but now
1: it's hey. over
2: yeah, if not you who and I think that will inspire because I mean I went to school paid Sally Mae her you know 100k yes. um, but I've also had a trucking company and I say that trucking money is serious and I yes. tell people you know hey you can you can really you know start you don't have to go to school for whatever school is now it's totally changed
0: the, co- the college the college system is is uh, uh, breaking apart I mean our, our financial system that already has already broken apart uh, the way that uh, people buy homes, the way that I was told to buy homes, the way that I was told to do everything is wrong. Like when I look at like when I think of the like economics that I was taught and then I see what's like happening in this country I'm like this is completely weird like this is it's either a lie or a change you know It's a lie It's a lie. I was in, er, I was like a semi early uh, I was into crypto like decently early which helped but the whole time every every financial that I spoke to called said that I was so stupid and that my money would literally disappear, you know? And this is talking like, you know, $6,000 Bitcoin that when Bitcoin was at six, you know? And I was like, no, I think this is an interesting thing. Now we have actual countries that are gonna adopt Bitcoin as a natural, national currency. So when when people would uh, come to me and say, Bitcoin is gonna be $100,000, I would say you're insane. And then they would say, it's gonna be a million dollars. I would say you're insane. But now if you have, uh, uh, you have countries that are failing, economic countries that are failing, that are going to possibly adopt Bitcoin as a national currency that will completely a legitimize it and B will take it to 200,000. You know what I mean? So that's like, like, trust me, a lot of things people tell you are a lie. I'm going I have a two year old daughter and I don't think the college system will exist when she is uh, 18 years old and ready to go to college. I think there should be and will be something completely different. I freak out because my two year old daughter is never going to have to ever drive her own car. You know the uh, uh 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 so we have a huge uh transformation coming with self-driving cars logistics 22% of the uh um labor in this country something like that is driving and it's not just taxi drivers uber's Lyfts. people don't understand like cdl drivers right now cdl drivers otr drivers you're in the you're in the business let's say that paradigm shift happens and you have 22% of the population who suddenly were making good money. Drivers make can make $150,000 a year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Suddenly that is completely null. And suddenly you have these huge companies that are putting the investments like Amazon and Tesla are going to be fine. Uh, 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 Tesla might scoop uh, Lyft and Uber because you're going to be able to, let's say, buy a Tesla, put it on self-driving, go in your house, and let it earn money for you. So why would you need an Uber driver? Why would you need a Lyft driver? You can literally buy your Tesla, and it'll make money when you're not using it. So it's stuff like that that it's just like that's where the paradigm shifts are going to happen. But where do we as like normal investors and normal people like where do we fall into this? It's a really scary uh, uh, future, but at the same time, like don't listen to the people who have been telling you this BS your whole life, you know. But, and I have I have fights with my girl because she wants my oh she's going to go to college. I said, she's going to be if she could, wants to be a doctor. You know, could be okay. Or a lawyer, maybe, but like what what are you talking about?
2: I got something off air to tell you to help you with that argument. Um, I would share it with the world, but then it would, you know, um, I it's something personal and um I'm I'm gonna tell you something, but I will tell, yeah, yes. tell you after, but you guys pick up the future is faster than you think if you're not privy to any of this type of talk. I try if it's your first time listening, because this is the type of stuff that we like to talk about. I want to know, with all the success that you've had, what is a community give back that you are doing or that you would like to do in the future?
0: That is so awesome. I'm so uh, glad that you um, said that. We do a toy drive uh, uh, called uh, a Cole's Toy Drive. And uh, we had uh, uh, me and um, uh, my wife, we had a, a situation, my God, like four years ago where uh, we carried our son to term. And unfortunately, he didn't make it uh, during the birth, you know, so we we go to uh, uh, was started with just one uh, um, uh, children's uh, shelter in uh, uh, Florida, we realized that they were housing a lot of the um, uh, kids at the border, who were abandoned, and were not, they were unable to uh, find their family, they were sent to this uh, house, it's called his house in the Miami garden. So at first it was like, listen, let's just get as many toys as possible. Our friends would give us toys, whatever, and we sent it right to uh, his house. And we came there and we gave it to the kids. Uh, And now what happened is we had so many toys uh, over the last two years, we've spread it out to four or five different um, uh, facilities uh, throughout South Florida. So that's one of the ways that I like to give back. Uh, We also have uh, Florida epilepsy, and we will overcome this Sunday. uh, We have a wrestler, uh, Anna Diaz, who is struggling with epilepsy? So, um, she is a warrior. I mean, she's, she's had so much uh, uh setbacks, but she's such a great wrestler. She's such a great, you know, uh, uh, she's such a great role model for someone who decides not to quit. Like, she easily could just quit and say, I have epilepsy and this is not going to be for me. Um, you know, but she is she runs, uh, uh she's running and in, in, in conjunction to Coastal Championship Wrestling, uh, we will overcome two. Uh, this Sunday, so uh, we work with Florida Epilepsy. Uh, all the proceeds just immediately go to the uh, Florida Epilepsy. So then we have Coles Kids, Coles Drive, uh, which I will—I'll uh, send you all the info as well uh, to do that. But in terms of like other stuff, it's a—it's a strange thing because like um, charities are so are so difficult, you know. Like you never know, right? Like what—what wh- were some of the stuff? Like what are you into, Kellen? Like I never know. Like whenever people are like, oh, let's do this, let's do this. I'm always really weary. Like, there's huge charities when I see how much money is going to like, you know, like 400,000 bucks to like some lady. Yeah. I'm like, wait, what's happening here? So, like, what are some of the stuff that you like to do to give back or like suggestions? Because I'm always looking for new stuff. Well, I love,
2: what I love to do is invest into people. And, you know, you see things. And, and I tell people, I was asked to give that question, but I, he threw it back at me. I have individuals I might meet at orphanages. I might meet them even just in interviews. They might have a project and we'll give to that, especially now. And this is me. This is not you saying this, but I grew up in the church. I understand the power of giving and tithing. But what happens when all the churches are closed and they're saying, hey, come out your house and stick it under the doorknob and under the door thing. What are you going to do with that money that I can't do myself? Right. Right. So, I say, you know, I put it back on me, the book Extreme Ownership, written by C Navy Seals. If you guys ever yes. No, Jocko
0: Willink. Actually, I love Extreme
2: Ownership. Go ahead. So yeah. 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 So that's the stuff that I do. So I have um, some music even in Kenya. We're producing for a young man. We have some projects here in Florida and some schools and organizations that we want to give. And throughout our, my wife and I just moving around, there's some things we always support. Great. And I never put so much pressure on me. To say, it's not my job to finance your whole everything. It's my job. I'm giving. Because if I'm not giving, I am being a very selfish person. And I'm not living if I'm not giving. It's 100%. Yeah, I got to give. You got to give. Same way you got to hire people. You know, you have that entrepreneur who, you need to hire someone. You're not busy. You just need to hire more people. And you have the money to do it. Right. You're jet that you want to buy are, you know, some Mercedes. And I'm not Grant Cardone. I'm going to always invest in people before I invest in some fancy jet. so I can brag and talk right. about my watch and it's, it's not that serious. I agree. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. And how so, weird, how weird is it with
0: the pandemic? They're like close all the churches, but then like everything else was open. It was so strange, you know, so This is weird times.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, being in Florida, we were in Seattle beforehand. I was like a scared child coming. I'm like, Everything's
0: open. And I was like, just fine. Me too. Well,
2: at first, first it was just like one
0: of the, I I was like leaving Amazon packages out for like two days and stuff, like (laughs) throwing my clothes in the, it's like, where is this? Where is the virus? Where is it? You know? And then like one day you kind of realize, and then I'm, I'm I'm fully vaxxed and something like that. So I'm not like an anti-vaxxer or anything like that. Realize, like, you know, you and obviously we're protecting the people who have, you know, immune system stuff, but it's also at the same time, it's a mental thing, you know. Like, uh, 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 uh we go to a, a church called Seas, uh, in Pampano Beach, it's a Brazilian church, and uh, it's a weird thing because it's like you want to get out there and see a few people, but it is a weird thing, you know, it was closed for a while.
2: Definitely, definitely. And none of us are anti-vax folks. You guys know I'm fully vaccinated. Yeah, me too. I'm fully vaccinated. I ask
0: I I, I don't force anybody to get VAX, but I do ask for vaccinations like uh uh I ask for a vaccinations or a, a wrestlers to have a uh negative tests, you know, which is fine. And the tests are free in Florida, they can get them pretty easily now. So
2: definitely. You guys have gotten the game. Let them know where they can tap in, reach in and yes. find out about everything you have going on.
0: So Coastal Championship Wrestling, it's facebook.com front slash CCW events on Twitter. It's twitter.com CCFL, CCWFL Um, on YouTube it's just putting Coastal Championship Wrestling. Every Tuesday we have a live wrestling. Uh, We have hundreds of matches already up there. Um, you know, thousands of people, uh, watch our stuff on a weekly basis, which is cool. We're trying to grow that. So please, uh, check out a live wrestling. Um, and then for anything, coastal championship wrestling, we're the, we the one with the uh, red and black CCW. Uh, we have a trademark on that, you know, uh, um, but we do have people who like, kind of like try to get around like, Oh, uh, you know, CCW, but, uh, 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 we're the trademark. We are the CCW. We're the last territory. Uh, and then you can go to CC. WrestlingFL.com, and that for all of our dates all of our our ticket sales and stuff we're there every single weekend and just do a little bit of research if you like professional wrestling you know like uh, I wouldn't say I'm the Vince McMahon of uh Florida yet uh but we we are really fun and we're really um uh, interactive and you get to do a lot of cool stuff we have two functioning schools Monday through Thursday we're in Papano Beach um uh, gangrel uh the brood uh, uh, leader of the brood. The man is our head trainer Monday through Thursday. He's always there banging and banging. He's, he is a light in my life. He is so funny. He is so chill. Uh, people are so afraid of him. It's so funny, like watching wrestlers coming in so anxious. And then when they actually like, you know, he he messes with them at first, if you walk in, he's going to, he's going to mess with you a little bit, but a lot of people are in awestruck of, uh, uh, gangrel. And then when you actually get to know him, it's, it's, it's surreal um and then uh we have our our uh, uh, uh Rock and Randy Rhodes, uh old uh, WWF wrestler he runs our Port St Lucie facility and that's just Tuesdays and Thursdays right now in Port St Lucie but it's it's a fun it's a fun time uh, uh, Gangrel runs a tough class Randy runs a tough class but um, you get to work in front of people you get to see a lot of cool stuff and Kellen, we're going to have you in both places soon just to hit, hit the ropes a little bit have a little bit of fun you know you get some cool yeah, content please. out of it as well but yeah we you know uh, check out CCW and then for just Helios Granite you know we're, we're mostly uh, uh, business to business but a lot of times now it's completely different you want to come and pick up a, a Granite you need a kitchen done you just reach us out reach out to Helios Granite uh, you can uh, email me at uh, Nelio, that's N-E-L-I-O at ccwrestlingfl.com or Nelio, N-E-L-I-O at Helios, H-E-L-I-O-S granite.com and I'll I'll at least get you in the right direction in terms of what you need in terms of projects done. I do a lot of direct containers, a lot of cut to size. If you have uh, multi-unit projects, uh, I have a a full uh, facility uh, in Brazil now uh, that I own uh, with a partner there, a really funny guy uh and what we'll do is we'll be able to completely manufacture your project uh in Brazil and then have it delivered to your door at a pretty incredible uh price and that's you know towards fabricators and builders and that type of stuff so you know you can get a hold of me if you're in the building business or 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 whatever and i'll at least get you in the right direction if i can't help you um you know we'll figure it out and if you love wrestling come join us come down to south florida uh uh subscribe to a live uh, uh wrestling um uh, Cole's uh, uh, Cole's toy drive. Uh, I'll have some information about that. If you want to help out with uh, uh, some of the uh, um, uh, facilities, uh, uh, child facilities down in uh, the South Florida and Central Florida area, you can hit me up. And then, um, man, just Nelio, Nelio Costa. If you if you ever want to reach out or, or whatever, you know, spent a lot of time in Tennessee as well. I don't know. Like, uh, um, I mean, I love Florida, but I'm I'm all over. So you know, hit me up. <laughs>
2: You guys have been blessed by the game. Make sure if you do nothing else, you share this with someone. It will change their life.
1: Hi, guys. I'm Kai Gabiam from the Diaspora channel, a lover of Africa. If you love Africa as well and you would love to visit one day or to relocate to Africa, there is a course out there for you. And this course is my first trip to Africa, a course well put together by by a seasoned traveler, Kellen Cash Coleman. This course is designed to prepare you to travel better, which will save you both time and money. And the great news is this course costs only $20, guys. It can't get any better. Go right now and enroll to this course at www.diversifygame.com. Don't miss out. <laughs>